Welcome back to the No Mulligans podcast here in the studio at Franklin Bridge. I'm Jack. This is Scott. Scott, you can find him on Instagram at Golf. two S's, two E's. Me on Instagram at Jackbeard Real Estate or the underscore Jbeard, whoever you know me as. <laughs> <laughs> the underscore Jbeard underscore something yeah exactly, yeah something like exactly. that a couple uh, underscores well we got so this is our last two episodes so if you're listening to this one the next one that comes out is going to be our last episode of the year yep. so thank you guys for an amazing 2023 uh and here's to 2024 another cool thing that happened at the end of this year we've got swag baby We've got we swag. Do. So Scott, you can see Scott if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Scott's got the No Mulligans beanie on. Really I love cool. this beanie, dude. It's a good beanie, man. It's solid. It's a good beanie. And then I've got behind me on Scott's tour bag here uh, the No Mulligans hat. And then, and then my, over in the corner, oh just grab God, the whole no, stack, I'm, dude. I know, I know. But this is my favorite one that we have. We've got uh, No Mulligans pint glasses. And these things... Believe me when I tell you, I don't know how many people are listening uh, on audio and how many people are watching on YouTube, but uh, it's I, my I, favorite logo of our logos. I agree. Uh, I've got some. Uh, I've got some experience in in beer glasses. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really good one. This is a really good one. So the logo is really nice. It's kind of it's kind of raised off of the glass, full color. It says No Mulligans Podcast. This one is a keeper. This yeah. one's a keeper. Yeah. So get yourself the stuff. Unfortunately, you're going to have missed the uh, window to get it for Christmas, but um, we'll get it to you in the new year. And um, Where can they find order. it, Scott? Uh, go to my Instagram. That's the easiest way to find it right now, and it'll also be in the show notes, um, the links to that. So Perfect. It's a it's a weird, like, something, dot, something, 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 yeah. something. Yeah. But it's in uh it's in the Instagram show notes. Right. You guys right. should be able you to find, find it. You can find it. Yep. But we really appreciate you guys. And then we're also announcing too that uh come in the new year we're gonna be doing our yeah. uh play with the pod officially. Yep. Uh the first one's gonna be here at Franklin Bridge and then we're right. gonna be expanding across the region. Some courses that are special to Scott, some that are uh pretty cool marquee courses here in the south. So um, and there's one I wanna play yeah. that I gotta I gotta remember. It's a it's like a little cheap muni that's like not anywhere near any of the stuff here local. Yeah. But we went and got some stuff. It's like kind of out towards Murfreesboro, but like away from Murfreesboro. Okay. And I think it's a little nine hole muni that's like narrow as crap. And we went to buy something. I'm going, I really want to come play here one day. Nice. It probably, I mean, I think that will be a fun. I don't know the name of the golf course. Yeah. Have to go back and figure that out. Yeah, or we'll do a meet and we'll do like a meet and greet there yep. on the course. Yep. That'd, that'd be, be great. That'd be fun. Super cool. Well, um, some big news has come out in the golf world, which is kind of uh, transitioning us to <sighs> our next point here. John I don't even want to talk about it. John Rahm signing with Liv yep. for a cool six hundred million dollars. Yeah, what they say somewhere between four and six. Yeah. I think they uh they might they have finalized it to uh, say six hundred okay, something so like 600 that. Six hundred million. Um but it's a big bomb a that dropped dollars. on the golf world because John was one of those people who came out when uh um Liv was first being talked about saying that he was absolutely right. against it. Well and everybody's like, What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I gotta listen to the pod, I gotta listen to the pod. I'm like, All right man we're gonna bring it up and we'll we'll see i mean i i think it's kind of neat that we didn't shoot last week when it was like super fresh because i've gotten to see a lot of opinions come through a lot of questions get asked you start to ask more questions yourself and you're going you know I can kind of see all the points. Yeah, there's which a few. Is hard. There's a few key ones that I'll bring up here in the podcast where Good. I think, um, you know, from John's perspective, it actually makes total sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know, 
Tiger has, uh, I believe that um, when the PGA Tour was negotiating with Liv, bef- like uh, last year or earlier this year, right. um, the negotiators at the table were completely different than they are now. Now the PGA Tour has a separate board seat for a player to be sitting on. Yep. Tiger has taken up that seat. Um, there's also talks about Cantlay getting really active in uh, uh, having a, a strong opinion in some of those conversations. But yep. um, I think the first point I'll make up, which <laughs> will uh, kind of jump us into this conversation, is um, – John was, I think John was thinking, hey, you know, if, if Liv and the PGA Tour are going to merge at some point, I'm just going to go ahead and get my bag and then, you know, get my money. Get my money and nothing will be, you know, everything will be all fine and dandy by the time all this gets ironed out. It's not, that's not a bad, like, also considering. That to me is one of the strongest, like, reasons whether he said it that yep. way or not. Like, that makes a lot of sense in my head. Totally. Also, the fact that he's won the Masters. Uh, autumn. He's in all of the majors for the next five years. Right. He's in. Yeah. He's in. So he doesn't have to worry about qualifying there. Right. Uh, and then right. the only other thing that he said is going to be, you know, what would have been a big decision make for him was the Ryder Cup, and um, I think he's betting, especially since the last one was, you know, not right. too long ago, right. that that will get all get ironed out before the right well and to me i'm gonna come negative first and then come positive like the argument that's made to go to live if we're growing the game i think that's nonsense okay so there's only two sports right now in the industry in like in okay so there's only two um youth sports right now on the whole that are actually growing so those two sports are Golf and tennis. They're the only two that are on the incline. And golf is up 32% for juniors. So it's not because of live that it's growing. So like uh, that that to me is a moot point. It's it's the way the game is. COVID helped golf. Like there's a lot of things that happened in order for us to be where we're at with golf. It's very individual based. It's you can do it on your own time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's... Um, that argument to me needs to be just tossed out altogether. You're not going to grow the game. Now, if you think you're going to change maybe the game, the way the game's viewed, yeah, but you're not the cause for growth by live. Like, that's just, that to me is a waste of a point. Yeah. It's don't try to, you know, make people, make you think you're better than you are. Like, just don't say that one. Like, that's not it. Yeah, and to support your point, too, there's been a... Um a younger generation that is coming into the game, and I think that can be anybody down to junior golfers to anybody in their mid-20s, early 30s. You know, I think COVID did a lot for the game of golf. Right. Um, the one point that I heard that was really interesting and I actually found um, pretty enlightening when I heard it was that the average viewer of the PGA Tour, the average age of the viewer, do you want to guess how old they are? Ooh. Uh, you can play along at home, too. Um, give me a second. Uh, I'll give you five seconds. Four, three, two. I would say like 47. 64. Whoa, it's really old. 64 is the average, um, the average age of the viewer that watches the PGA tour. Now, so what can we, what can we gain from that? Well, we've got a new generation coming in. Uh, live has obviously started for, you know, one reason or another. We'd have to ask Greg Norman for that answer. But, um, I say that to say, 
is there a need for a new format on a tour that is historically pretty old? Do we need a wow, new format? Wow, that 64 number is really high. Like, I was expecting around 50 would make sense. You've got some down the bottom. Right. It's still a little top-heavy. Right. Like, but that's super top-heavy. Yep, and I think uh, aside from maybe baseball, uh, and baseball bent the knee on this this past year by changing some of the rules, uh, I think other than baseball, golf is probably one of the only sports that is very old-fashioned in how they conduct their league. I think the PGA Tour and the MLB are really the only ones who have that kind of mindset towards the game. Yeah, I think the question you have to ask is, like, why aren't people engaging with it that are younger? Like, they're engaging with fantasy football and, like, those types of things. Like, is there a world in which there's fantasy golf? I don't even know if that exists. Well, you're exactly right, and I think that's one solution or one remedy to the problem, um, you know, in, in a very minor sense. But, I mean, I think that the argument that was brought up was Liv is very laid back. You know, they play music on their tours. It's team-oriented. They've got, you yeah. know, cool names for their teams. Are you trying to reach a different demographic? Is the demographic different for Liv than it is for the PGA Tour? Some would argue yes. Some would argue no. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um just the piff has deep pockets <laughs> uh and they go for a very and they will go for a very 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 long time remember how people used to laugh amazon out the out the door like the first seven years they didn't make they were yeah. losing money well the people that were funding amazon have really really deep pockets and that was the argument that i also heard for live was that hey this uh this league has deep enough pockets to be able to last those lean years where you're not necessarily worried about viewership. The big argument against Live for some people who were pro PGA Tour this past year was nobody's you know nobody's tuning in, nobody wants to watch. Well, I would say that they're still in their infancy with the league, and they also haven't figured out how to broadcast it. And major networks don't really want Live right now. That doesn't mean right. that they won't want them in the future. Right. But it's just an interesting business sport and logistics around all of that. well speaking of the business point right <clears throat> so i'm not even going to get on the commentary of like the ethics of the piff or the saudis i don't let's know. let's go ahead and I leave don't wanna, ethics out of all i just want to yeah. throw all that out and for just, the sake of this yeah yeah like that's a whole separate podcast in and of itself um what i want to talk about is like how it how it affects the game, good or bad, indifferent, whatever. But is here's the piece that I was holding on to. I was in the PGA Tour like bucket, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not in the PGA Tour bucket. I'm definitely far more in the PGA Tour bucket than I am in the Live bucket. Sure. But the thing I had to come to realize is the PGA Tour does it do a lot of like uh, philanthropic work? Absolutely, it does. And the charities that are associated with like the PGA Tour and the charities that donate money and you got Wells Fargo and Shell and all of these different companies that support the PGA Tour and these events to put them on. The Barbasol. Like, those are sponsors that have to pay in order for the event to make enough money to work. The argument to that is that taking the average age of the demographic that watches the PGA Tour, 64, mm -hmm. 
you could argue that some of those corporate sponsorships and money are just going to some of these rich CEOs that have an affinity for the game that want to enthuse their clients at some of these events. Right, right. So that's a part of it, but it's also a tax write-off for them. 100%. Because the PGA 100%. Tour is a 501, I believe it's a C6. Uh-huh. Somebody can fact-check me on that, but I believe it's a 501C6, which I don't know the details of. I'm not an accountant, but it's basically still an arm of a charitable organization. Correct. The thing that I've had in my head is that the PGA Tour, and I think this is where people get upset, right? It's the integrity, like, oh, they're losing, they're going for money. Most of us take jobs for the money. a little more money, right? Now, right, like, are we doing it at that level, and are we involved with the Saudis, and, like, maybe, maybe not, right? But is, like, you take it to provide for your family or your personal goals, needs, wants, whatever. The PGA Tour is not a nonprofit entity. Like they are a big business. They they're in the entertainment business. Like that's what that's what professional golf is. Like I've got guys trying to get out on the PJ tour. It's a big goal dream of theirs. That's awesome. I want to achieve that. I've got, you know, um you know, Joe Schmo who's never played golf before and he's sixty five years old. He wants to learn how to play. I'm here for that. But it's like the PGA tour is a business it is in the entertainment business it's yeah they have a ceo like him hate him commissioner whatever like they get paid big bucks right they are a business like they're not a non-profit in terms of how i view entertain. i do not view entertainment as a non-profit entertainment is entertainment i watch the nfl for entertainment does the nfl do stuff for charitable organizations absolutely does the nba absolutely should they do that absolutely but so do millions of other companies that are multi-million billion dollar companies right so like i think the piece i came to terms with that's helped me like understand like okay yeah guys are gonna go over there like that's what they're gonna do they're gonna take the money but like the PGA Tour is still it's it's in the entertainment space. Otani's what? Five hundred million? Seven hundred million. So, okay, seven hundred okay. Rob's <laughs> got the short end of the stick, but it's probably for a shorter contract. So get the here's Otani is actually very uh it, it runs in parallel with the same argument, actually. Yeah. So Otani's is actually <laughs> crazy. So here's how the Dodgers are structuring it. It's seven hundred million. It's two million dollars a year for the first I believe it's 10 years, 20 million. And then after that, it's $68 million a year for the remaining years on his contract. So they're basically deferring all of that money to later in his contract so that the Dodgers can now go out and spend more on championship players to play with Otani to win rings. They are betting that Otani is going to bring them so much money in sponsorship, so much money in season tickets, so much money Whoa. in seats that they are going to defer his and so much money in championships that they are going to defer that much money to him afterwards. The genius thing for Otani, he gets to play on a West Coast team. 
which is going to w spend and win championships and crazy tax thing here. The, uh, the way that the tax laws are written and worked is that uh, the money gets taxed based on the state that you reside in when you're making the money. So he's only going to be paying California tax for those first years. And then if he decides to go and reside somewhere else, he only gets taxed based on where he's at at that point in time. So that's so if he moves to Tennessee, Tennessee. <laughs> if he moves to Tennessee after year 10, or Alabama, he doesn't get any of that tax. Crazy. Smart man. Smart man. Probably smart agent. <laughs> probably, probably smarter agent. Smarter agent. <laughs> that agent is getting a very nice cut. Yes, very uh, much so. But I say wow. that to say that, that we lives is looks like it's just going to get given in uh, quote unquote signing bonus. You know when they come on. And I guess the Saudis have deep enough pockets to make that work. You know, this makes me think of something I, I haven't haven't been a part of my thinking about all this. But it's like, if we want to be upset about how much money these guys are getting paid, newsflash, we're the ones consuming the material. So we are paying the consumer is consuming entertainment, whether that be through the form of there's television sponsors where those dollars go towards that all gets split in various categories like... We are saying this is what we value. It's like, teachers need to get paid more. I was like, you're spending a whole lot more money on your team and all of their apparel and all their games and all that stuff. So you're saying the thing that you value is actually entertainment. Yeah. So I'm not saying, like, you can decide right or wrong. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to make that argument, I mean, uh, yeah. Like, you have put no your, leg to stand on. Quite there. literally, put your money where your mouth is. Right. <laughs> right. And so, like, if we don't want them to get paid that much, we stop watching it being played. Well, and man, I just think it's a business. It's and a business, but let me ask you this: I don't know how they make that much money. I'm like, I don't. Like, really? They he's getting paid seven hundred million. Like, where is that coming from? I have no. Like, I cannot comprehend so this is, is sponsorships is it what like what? when we were texting about this the other night what is that uh when we were texting about this the other night the one point i brought up to you because you you texted me something similar that, that what you yeah. just said and i said well the difference between live and uh another professional sports organization is that you are guessing that that player is providing an entertainment that then gets bought into, right? Which then gives them their money, right? Right. This whole live conversation is completely different because the sports league or organization in itself is not making the money. It is getting funded by a third party, AKA the Saudis, from what I can understand in the PIF, right? Right. So that is where i have a fundamental problem as a as a capitalist and as a like a you know a businessman myself is i want to know and this is purely uh <laughs> i'm so interested to know what the logistics are behind that money and how they believe that that is an investment that will then pay off in the future because you right. can't you can't bet on that right now nobody's watching live right like i don't i don't know even out of my like peer group as golf professionals, there aren't very many that are consuming live content and one way, shape, or form. Exactly. And I told you on text, I said, listen, like they are betting that this is gonna work. I'm sure their model says that it will, and I could see it I could see it succeeding, truly, but the big thing is like those Saudis are smart smart people too, man. Mm -hmm. They're gonna cut their investment if it's not working. So I'm just 
I'm the curious how this is, is going to play out. Well, I think this is the part where people, okay, now we're going down this road. Like, this is the part where people go, like, if it doesn't make financial sense, is there a bigger play? Right. That, like, if we're thinking chess level, like yeah. elite level chess, yeah. is this actually a play at something else? Yeah. And longer I, term. Because they the could Saudis, probably buy professional golf, NFL, NBA, MLB. They could probably buy them all. Yeah. That's probably how much money they've got. Yeah. Like, is that a play? And that's where the Congress comes in. Like, whoa, hang on a second. You're going to do what with whom? Right. And you're a 501c6, which hopefully those are the types of things you want the government to do, right? It's like, sure. wait a second, red flag. I'm going to throw a flag on the play here. Yeah. Like, we got to take a timeout. And, like, if. Does I, I don't know. So like, hey, I, I let, just think there's a lot of weird scenarios that could potentially play out aside from the like ethical component of it. But like now, does all of this now call to question the PGA Tour status? Like, yeah. Even if they don't merge, now it's like, wait a second, should they actually be a 501c6? Then how does the PGA Tour actually fund itself because it's based on dollars that come in that then can get written off, and now they can't get written off? Yep. So let me step in here. So with what I think could be happening is the Saudis. It's no joke that the Saudis are wanting to get into more, more entertainment. Right. They just did it. Uh, uh, they've done it with. Uh, they've done it at small scale with um, with uh, um, not WD, with uh, UFC with the UFC. They've done right. it at small scales, having fights over there, funding those fights and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I think what they're going to be doing here with Live is I think they're trying to lure some of the big names. Rom, DJ, etc. Lure some of the big names to come play on their tour. Now, talk to the PGA Tour and say, "Listen, man, we've got." leverage over here playing for they our do. guys they do so let's make a deal work let's go 50 50 in on this and now the saudis have their foot in, in the door in american sports specifically in golf over here too and i mean you can see they've probably played it out at a small scale with dp world tour i don't know too much about the logistics over there yeah, but over in some of those some, yeah there are some some uh some tournaments over there too look how, look how closed off both of our body languages are yeah, it's but it's it is it's a weird. It's just hard, man. Like, it's just hard because it's hard to have a. I think when you're making decisions, you have to look at things logically. You have to look at things ethically. You have to look at things against your own moral code. And I think right now, everything's everybody just has an opinion, and I don't think anybody's right at this point in time. Yeah, I, or I, has the answer. Right. I, I think it's. I think right now we're in this limbo of like, where is professional golf going? And that's an uncomfortable place to be, and I think it's why everybody's so heated. They're heated on both sides, mm. right? It's whichever aisle, side of the aisle you take. And um, this isn't it. So this is a complete, like, 180 on something else. You notice that Greg Norman hasn't been a part of – his face hasn't even been out for months. And then all of a sudden, the handshake with Rom. You're like, whoa, where – Norman's now, it's almost like getting Rom was enough to, like, Greg to say, hey, I'm back in this. Like, I'm not out. I know y'all haven't seen me, but it's almost like it was finally safe for him to come back out because he was able to pull such a well-liked and dominant player. It was basically he versus Scheffler in a lot of tournaments. Well, I think I think uh, that Norman is the... Uh He's the he's the pretty picture of of live right because you can say this guy played on the tour you know the PGA he's tour been he's been talking about tours one of these he, he's he's the 
he's the the canvas of this, right? I think that he was also the a big name coming out because you want to be able for Americans or people who consume the PGA Tour mm-hmm. um, to have a view of Liv being like, oh, this guy came from what you know and love. Now he's going to be over there. So why don't you follow him over there? Then it came, got into the determin- uh, the uh, negotiations. You had, uh, what is his name? Yeah. The head of the PIF, Al Massad. Yeah, uh, gosh, I, I can't You're going to ask me to pronounce that? But now oh, they're yes. getting into talks, right? Those talks kind of fizzled out. Now you're like, okay, we're not done. We're going to go take Rom. Mm-hmm. They get Rom, and now you see Greg Norman come back. Oh, look, we got this new one, and I guarantee you we're going to try and see some – they're using it as a leverage play to try and get negotiations back to the tour. Now, Finau, we heard rumors, Finau going, and Finau said – Finau said, "I'm no. not leaving." And, and I think his, I think his morals and his, and you know, not saying people one. are like he would go for his family. It's like no, you no, you, you underestimate his his morals. Yeah, he's like no money isn't isn't everything to him, right? And I if think he were to lose his ability to play golf tomorrow, he'd be fine. He and not because he's got enough money, but because he's got his family, and that's what matters to him. He's got his family. That's it's one what of the matters. reasons why I think he doesn't want as much because he's. Well, they he's talk- a family guy. Well, they talked about it on uh, yeah. on the on the first swing yeah, or the, on the full swing, full excuse swing. me, documentary. Yeah. That's exactly good. right. Yeah, and so it's where do we go? Freddie came out. New Freddie was vocal, man. He's like, he's like, I don't have a problem if you want to go over there for the live, but don't say you're changing the game. He used a lot more, <laughs> a lot more explicit, <laughs> a lot, yeah, a lot more explicit. But like, where is that thing? going and I, I think this brings up the big question is like where where is golf headed right and so at the front of that whole where is golf headed you've got the tour side like what's happening with the tours live not live live or let not live like then you've got the usga rna going hey we see where this game's going in 10 20 30 years and we need to mm, we need to try to cap this somehow you know what's wild about all of that is the pga itself does not own not one of the majors or i believe any golf tournament of that of that being said either i know they don't own the majors who the pga tour yeah no no the pga no, the pga of america is they i mean Only you have the, the PGA, PGA championship but like got one I be, what was it that I heard? Uh, that I believe it's it so might be the tour. I think right. it's just the tour. So the question then becomes: Does a tour like Live, if they get enough leverage, can they basically look at the USGA and RNA and go, exactly. "Sorry, we're not we're not we are changing the rules by which golf can be played by"? Because guess what? They're the tournament hosts. They can set whatever rules they want. In theory, mm. in theory, they could yeah. do that. Is that good for the game? I don't think so. No. But like. You know, that's where things get a little dicey, you know, and I think that's where, you know, everybody's screaming, oh, the USGA is out of touch. Actually, they're more in touch than anybody is. They've run way more tests, way more studies than any other department. I don't care if there's a small company out there that's like, well, we've run some stuff or Titleist has run or whatever. It's like, yeah, but they're trying to be the unbiased party. They, They don't have a stake. Like, if you think about it, they don't have a stake in anything. No, which is stupid on their part, in my opinion. I yeah, in, in, in the, I, I see. I see what you're sorry, saying. Sorry, I've, I've got a visceral yeah, yeah, yeah. reaction to that. <laughs> but like, they, you needed to. I, it, it probably didn't make sense years ago to like even. Ha- you're like everything's running fine. There's no other. There's no other place to play golf. Like we're good, you know. But yeah. you know now, 
now that there's some threats to it, it's like you, they haven't leveraged themselves well to have a say in any of this matter. And, you know, I'm a purist. I love the old tracks. Oh, me too. I don't like a lot of the new tracks. Oh, I, I'm not even talking about the tracks. I'm talk, I'm, I, I, personally, for me, I'm talking about just the pure history of the game. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. if, you, if you negate that or if you try and make it go away just by, you know, calling your you know having a new cool way to play the game i don't think that's a way to honor the sport or have it go in a direction that is true to its history yeah and i I think you know everybody's mad at the there's a whole bunch of people mad at not everybody there's a whole bunch of people that are mad at the usga and the rna but part of their job it's just like a child being mad at a parent right part of the job of a parent is to direct the child and see farther down the road than we can see. So regardless of whether you like that or agree with it, that's what their role is. That's what their job is. Their job is to see farther than we can see and to not be influenced by the dollars on the table, right? I'm sure they, they make money in various ways and through various charities and whatever and donations, I'm sure. Like, But it's, can we, like, where's the game headed? Somebody's finally saying, like, Where's the game headed? And you know what? They do it in other sports too, like for uh, cycling. Like there's a limit to like how good the bikes can become. And there were some races that were won with bikes that were went back and they're like, no, we're not going to rewrite the history books. In fact, that race actually doesn't count now. Even though you won the race, you get to keep your award, whatever, but it no longer sits in a record because that bike is way too souped up. It's not a relevant marker. You can't say you're the best because it's so far advanced. Yeah, I think that the PGA Tour, um, and I mean, I'm not going to say Liv because Liv seems to be the one who's firing all the shots here. <laughs> That's but, what it feels like. Um, I would say that this is going in a very similar direction to Formula One racing as well. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to bore everybody with the details, but <laughs> Formula One is an international sport. It is governed by an independent body called the FIA, which determines all the standard, the the safety standards, all of like you know racing rules and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And they also execute the rules during the race, right? And they mm. they tell you when you've got a penalty, etc. Right. You also have now. Formula One, which is the business of racing. Formula One is a different entity, right? Mm -hmm. And then they have all of their teams that are involved in it, the 10 teams that are involved that are all different as well. So you see you have the FIA, which is governing the sport, and then you have the sport itself, which is the business, right? I think that the PGA Tour is kind of the same way. Correct. So where do we go from here? Well, it sounds like the people who are running the PGA Tour are not doing their job by governing the sport and now you have the PIF and live buying out their you know the teams aka the players out from under them correct and it sounds like the PGA tour took way too long to finally raise the financial dollars if they had raised the dollars a year even a year before live showed up like once live finally came to the table like oh crap now we got to do something so now we gave a base pay to all the tour players like they finally now we raise the purses it's like well you did that in response to live the question is could you have done that in the first place right which is why i brought up the whole formula one right. example but it was is because i think that these tours or the pga tour specifically can learn from the business of formula one to try and find a way where like <laughs> you're not going to 
and be caught with your pants yeah, down. Yeah, and I, I bet, honestly, they probably didn't see Greg Norman as a legitimate threat yeah, when I, it was first. Yeah. I'm sure they heard rumors well before it was Liv was even a thing. Well, and Greg Norman, too, is just the epitome of the boy who cried wolf, it feels like. So it's right, he's <laughs> been, st- he, well, and he's been talking about it since the 90s. It's right. Like, it's never going right. to, oh, crap, it's actually happening. Yeah, yeah. Now what, right? And maybe he won by that. Like, who knows? Uh, but, you know, for me, I, I look at that. It's going to bring it back 10 to 15 yards. The vast majority of people aren't going to notice it. Oh, it's we're talking about rollback change. now. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that, That's okay. my switch. That's my switch into the USGA Hold on. Well, RNA, you, you right? Did that, you did that very abruptly, so now we're going to talk about so, this rollback rule, right? right? Because you know, it's all a part of this whole, yeah. like, where's golf going? Right. So now now let's get into the rollback. So right. What, what has happened on the rollback? In so the USGA's published their work. It's showing 10 to 15 yards for a tour player on the driver, and LPGA is looking like five to eight. Like it's not much, or seven to ten, whatever it is. It's it's really not much. And we know from BPNOP and POA that hitting it farther really doesn't have that much of a merit. It does have some merit, right? Because it can help you hit it closer, but it doesn't. Like angles are way more important than how far you hit it. Um, it's still a game of precision. So for me, I'm like, okay, rolling it back 10 to 15, man, the public's only going to see somewhere between like 4 and 8, 4 and 7, which is negligible. They're not going to notice it. They're just not. Like, those same people are losing distance every year anyway because they're getting older. And a lot like, of those people, me included, <laughs> if you hit a good one, <laughs> sometimes you don't know why. And if you hit a bad one or one that's okay, it's like... You can't compare that to what whatever your like averages. No, no. Only I, the best in the world I, are going to be able so to. And so for talk. me I'm like, y'all chill out. A, it's not going to do that much. B, like it's <clears throat> what was I going to say? So A, it's not going to do that much. Yep. B, it's not happening until 2030 for the public. Y'all, it's 6 <laughs> years away. What are we freaking out about? Like it's also enough time that it's it's a respectable timeline. They're respecting the manufacturers. They're not just going like, "Hey, uh, yeah, Gotta you're gonna shut down now. all your shops and change all your, you know, all your manufacturing processes." By all that money you have in inventory, trash right, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're they're not just totally trashing all these companies. These companies are like they're not hearing us. It's like they're giving you for the tour. They're giving you four, almost four and a half years of notice for the tour. And they're giving the public seven, six and a half. Like, y'all, it's way down the road. And part of the reason, and I think, I think you will actually see guys like hitting it as far as you're seeing coming. Like these kids that are coming up. Shoot, we got Daniel Martin's one of my like. He's at a uh, small community college in Mississippi. And he's got a 120 mile an hour clubhead speed. He's not even working out. He's not even one of the ones that are swinging fast. Got another college guy that's at 120. And you got Micah that's at 117. Like, and they're not even fully training at the level that those like whether they make it out there or not doesn't matter. That's what's coming. Yeah, it's so much deeper. And so the the PGA Tour is trying to see far enough down the road. And maybe they look at it and go, "Hey, we're not. We're going to push that back till 2032, 2035." Right, it's it's not short sighted and out of touch. It's actually very in touch, and it's where are we going? You do this in your business. If you own a business, if you're gonna run it well, you need to pay attention to how things are moving. Yeah, that's what I was gonna or say. Or you're gonna die by it. I, I think a lot of people are freaking out just because length has been a very hot button topic. 
It's what everybody's bus. sold for the last yeah, 25 years. Exactly. Ever since Tiger, that's been the massive focus. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just think that there's a big stigma that, oh my God. Like, for example, some of these people that are out here on the course playing Pro V1s wouldn't know the difference between that and a ball they find in the lake. No, they're not going to play that much different. We've proven that. Exactly. So the, the I think, based on what you've said, I've reconsidered my stance on this, and I actually agree with you. Uh, and number three, <laughs> here we go. I wouldn't be surprised if the USGA has. Uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're actually making a target for like. 2035 and they're just telling 2030 to get some of these manufacturers on the ball quicker than they because they know it's going to take time to yeah. make this adjustment I, I think that's a smart move i don't think you'll actually see it go into place that soon uh, yeah i don't think so either right you need to make some noise let it and then let it fizzle and then make some noise and let exactly. it fizzle let it because exactly. you have to you have to desensitize to a certain degree so I've got a question People for you when it comes to club manufacturing, and I don't know how much you'll know about this yeah, or not. It'll be pretty weak. There's been all you know ever since Tiger. You mentioned it. There's been a lot of emphasis on speed and and length, right? Uh, I don't have my I don't have my marketing signs up in here. But. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, how much of this rollback will then be negated by club manufacturers trying to make their clubs better? And make them hit the ball further. Well, there's rumors that the, that's the next piece that the USGA is yep. going to go after yep. is the equipment. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Like, I look at 10 to 15, I'm like, eh, it's really not going to do much. But do you think that the club manufacturers will be able to advance their technology to make the rollback almost uh, a non-factor? If, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, the, every, every year they come out, this is our longest driver yet. I was like, I mean... Guys, yeah, maybe by like fractions of a yard, but like on the average, as people hit clubs, they they still revert to their dominant habits, and like that's not going to be all that much longer. And from a playing standpoint, it really doesn't do that much. Yeah, it's really not like oh, I got to hit a seven iron into this green instead of an eight iron. Like, yeah, you're still on the wrong side of the hole. Yeah, and that's right, what like, I was gonna say. Is I've gotten better there. as a player, man. I've started. I, like, I don't care. I don't really care how far I hit the ball. I only want to know so I can get mm -hmm. you know on the green. But yep. the one thing that I've been thinking about much more as a higher level player than I was a couple years ago was spin, controlling spin, right. whether that's on my wedges mm -hmm. or a short iron. Like I care. I, I don't. If you told me, hey, we're gonna get the rollback, but you're gonna be able to you're going to be able to play with your spin a lot more for some way or another, I'd be like, hell, hell yeah, bring on the rollback. Right, right, right. I, I just think that people are focusing on the wrong things. People want right. to just muscle it further, but if I can get an extra couple hundred RPMs on a wedge, that's going to be I, the difference between stopping it at the yeah. hole or not. And I honestly, there's a lot of different ways that they can bring distance back. Shoot, there's way too many balls I see rolling out 50 yards. Like, 40 50 yards on the tour when you at least when you watch it on tv it's like oh he hit it 340 or he hit it 335 yeah he carried it 285 like what if you made the fairways in such a way that they did when they landed even with low spin at 285 they don't roll the 335 yards yeah or you have to make a decision between like you know uh, a more stock driver or if you take out your high launch three wood and have to right. stop it right at the fringe right. of the fairway you know it's like that would be entertaining to me. Right. There's a lot of different ways to make it play longer. Um, you know, I, 
And I, I honestly don't. If you're going to roll it back, I don't think 10 to 15 is enough. This is not going to do hardly anything at all. Yeah, I agree with you there. So if you were going to be um, setting the rollback rules, what would be your target yardage that is not going to affect the game? Well, Maybe. it's going to affect the game, but not affect it to a worsening. If game. you're gonna if you're gonna roll it back so that a lot of these courses kind of maintain their same design and integrity over the course of thirty, forty, fifty years instead of five to ten years, I, I think it's um, and I think that's an important qualifier, right? They're trying to keep it for a bunch of reasons, but they're trying to keep the game as close to the game as it used to be. Yeah. And whether you like that or agree with that or not, that's up to you, but that's what they're trying to do. And I don't think 10 to 15 is enough. They've already lengthened holes by 30, 40, 50 yards. So if you're going to roll it back, you got to roll it back 30. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And there's like been times. minimum of 20, maximum of 40. Like uh -huh. you got to roll it back an average of 30 yards. I just like fine bifurcate that's great let the professionals play with a different type of ball like you do it in baseball tiger's been talking about that since early 2000s yeah so like tiger's been on that equation which hurts him be like oh yeah it hurts the other player more it's like yeah but like it actually forces the longer hitter to actually have to deal with some of those hazards that's actually and it brings the other it brings the the shorter player back a little bit, but also brings it back into the wider parts of the fairway. Yeah, I love that analogy with baseball because there's three different types of baseballs. There's a high school ball, there's a college ball, and there's a pro ball. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, but as everybody knows, as you go from college to professional, you go from a metal bat to a wood bat. There's the, your rollback. Right. So how much? How much is it? Like, what's the there, per? How much shorter do you hit it? So. I'm gonna I'm gonna save you all the details. There was a uh, there was an era era in bats called BESR bats. That was up until about two. Th I don't know the exact date. I would just say 2010, just to be safe okay. about it. Uh, those things were like trampolines. You hit the ball and it goes 400 and I don't freaking 500 feet. Like it's it's oh a, it's a long it's got a lot of velocity. And the reason why they started using um, uh, um, a different bat that's now called BB Core. That one most resembles a wood uh, a wood bat, and it's it's based on exit velocity off of the bat. And we're talking MLB, not college. Or are we talking college? Talking about high school and college. Oh, high school and college. High okay. school and college. So you went from BESR, the trampoline bats, to BB Core, which more resemble a wood bat. Um, but they were doing it for safety because people were third baseman catching a line a hot line drive that thing's coming at you at like a freaking 120 miles an hour and if you could slow it to 105 exactly it's much safer and they also did studies to where it doesn't affect the distance all that much so and then you get to to um you know professional and it's just not a you know you're hitting with wood you got to hit it hard how much shorter does the ball travel with wood uh, it's definitely shorter. I wouldn't say it's by a considerable margin to be. But you got to be core. good to be able to hit. The biggest thing that I would say with baseball in this is that a uh, a, a BB core bat is like hitting with a um, it's like hitting with a game improvement iron, and okay. a wood bat is like okay. hitting with a blade. Okay, uh, that's a fair comparison. Yeah, if you hit them both out of the center, the the game improvement iron is going to go ten to fifteen yards further. Yep. But it's not going to be like forty. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, but it's it's substantial. It's a club and a half. Definitely. And with the wood bats, I mean, again, I would say it's like a blade. Not only do you have to get the location right, but you That's have to fair. get the, the uh, launch angle right. Yeah, I, I that makes sense. That's actually really helpful. I, I just 
I think A for everybody, like, just take a deep breath. This isn't something for you to worry about. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have an opinion on it, but guess what? Your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. You can voice it on social and hope you can move some needles and talk to your friends. Like, if you want to move the needle, by all means, but like, there are forces at work that are way bigger than you and I are that are moving these needles for better or for worse. And do we have a role? Like if you are adamant, like opposed to the whole live in the Saudi thing, by all means, do your thing. I I just think there's, there's a, so much we don't know. We're only seeing what either a, we see like, or is being told B what we want to see of that. Right. And what I'm trying to do is provide like, just think through it. Like, Think through the USGA and the RNA. Don't just throw them up as the worst people on the planet. Maybe we should be really critical of PIF and live. I don't know. I don't know enough about all that to to know. Like I'm, if you get me into world politics and all that, like I I just have no knowledge there, so I can't even speak to it. Um, you what you don't believe? I was like, guys, I buy stuff from companies that probably do stuff that I would never agree with. You know, um, so I don't know. But it's just ask. Keep asking questions. Don't freak out. Golf is healthy. It's still healthy. It's still moving forward. It's uh, is live gonna live or is it gonna die? Uh, the time will tell. Is the PJ Tour gonna change? Probably. Clip it, Tate. That's the name of the podcast. Is live going to live? <laughs> is live going to live? That's so good. Yeah. It's just like I don't know. I I uh, I I don't like the uncertainty of where the game is going, and it feels very money driven, but it's a business like major league baseball nfl and and otherwise and it's not the the non-profit entity that i think we want it to be and the integrity of the game is up to each individual player always has been it's the only game that you can call a penalty on yourself and is the pga tour going to call a penalty on themselves is live going to do that? i don't know but yeah i mean i think you can do it both you can the, do it, be the guy my final comments here would be that both organizations are doing what they feel like is best for their individual organization whether that's right or wrong I will also say that I think that this discussion is almost like how we as Americans view our, uh, our, our presidential race. We need to be a lot more worried about golf at our local level or politics at our local level right. rather than from a national level. Yeah. I think if you guys are having fun here at the bridge, you're enjoying the game and you enjoy playing with your mm-hmm. friends, I think that's all that matters. And if you don't like big money stuff, don't go to it. I'm going to go to live when it's here in Nashville because I just want to see it. Yeah. I'm sitting here forming an opinion about something other than like the ethical stuff that I don't really know anything about. I, I, I might show up and be like, this is cool. Yeah. I might go like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, But I can't form that opinion until I go. And I really truly can't form that opinion if I go in completely biased, like this is going to be terrible, I'm just going to go see how terrible it is. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I think that my, uh, I think that my, my, my feet are the majority in the PGA Tour bucket. Oh, yeah. yeah, by far. However, I'm, I, I don't like think a that, pinky toe. Over I don't think live. live is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good thing, but I definitely don't think it's a bad thing. It's giving us another perspective. It's giving us an idea of what we. It's giving us a choice of of what we want as a consumer, mm-hmm. and it's also in a capitalist mindset. Both organizations are doing what they can to grab the most eyeballs. And I think that the PGA Tour in itself has been such an old organization that's had the same demographic for the, a, a very long amount of time. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, honestly, the tour needed competition to get its butt into shape. Well, you know, you know, it's really interesting. Grant, is, gr- sorry, Grant Thornton Classic that just happened. Right. First LPGA and PGA Tour Super combined cool. event. But what is that from? It's from the PGA getting threat from Liv and being like, well, we need to do s- different right, stuff, right? right? So at the very least, like, got, like Liv has ignited some, like, it's at least shaken the PGA Tour up yes. enough to go like, hey, let's keep all of our traditional big tournaments. Like, the Wells, uh, the um, waste management is a very, it is not like the PGA Tour norm. Mm-mm. It is very no. separate. Yes. Um, and are there certain events that are starting to look more like that? Yeah. Is Augusta going to look like that? No. Never. No different than, like, if I come play out here at the bridge versus I go play at Country Club of Birmingham or I go play at Firestone, I'm going to dress differently. I'm going to walk around differently. I'm Like, if I have two golf bags, I'm probably going to take a different golf bag. I'm going to wear different clothes. Like, you don't have to worry about Augusta looking like Liv. Like, it's never going to, yep. never has been, never will be, because they know the direction they're traveling in. And, and the beauty of all of that, what you just described, and this is just the beauty of golf in general, and I think this is a great place to wrap us up, is that each one of those, the game can camouflage to whatever that person wants it to be Mm -hmm. if you want to go play at a nice country club you can go do that if you want to play on a muni you can do that if you come here to franklin bridge you can do that if you want to go to sweeten's cove and play play a tensum for the entire day with one yeah for with one tea time you can have a shot off the before you tee off on the first oh my god like there's so many different ways to play the game i think that the competition is good and i think that the competition at this level is giving us the diversity that we need to figure out where the game's going to go in the future Ooh, gosh i have nothing to say that's great I love it. Well, um, guys, remember, you got swag. You got swag now. No Mulligan swag. Go to the link in Scott's bio. It's also in the show notes to be able to get some No Mulligan swag. Scott's got the beanie on. We've got the the pint glasses over here, the hats over here. Instead uh, of have a drink on us, have a drink and support us. Bingo. Have a drink and support <laughs> us. Love that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to do, um, you know, we, this is our, our first merch run. We're very excited about it. Some yep. stuff came out fantastic, and uh, we're excited for the future. I think Maybe we're going to do uh, some ex- unique swag. Unique stuff, like you can only get, and it'll be a short run. It'll be and exclusive, right? And maybe uh, we'll do a, uh, a a limited merch run for each play with the pod that we do at different courses. Yeah, it'll be that will be a different like thing for each one. For like sure, you can't get it unless you go. Bingo. So sweet. Well, uh, from Scott S Hassey Golf over here, Jack Jack Beard Real Estate or the underscore J Beard. Thank you guys for listening to the show. If you guys have found value in this, found anything interesting, or want to send it to your friend who is uh, all about live golf, make sure that you go and share the episode as well. It really helps for the people who are looking for podcasts just like this. So uh, rate us five stars. Thank you for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. We love you guys. And uh, last episode of twenty twenty four coming up next so don't miss it uh 2023 excuse me last one of 2023 before we go into 2024 from scott and jack inside the studio at franklin bridge this is the no mulligans podcast we'll see you on the next one peace